0: good morning. Glad to have you with us. Glad to be with you. It is, uh, well, it's Graff and Sons today, and I am pleased to tell you that Garson is in. Good morning, Garson. How are you? Good morning. I'm well. How are you doing? I, too, am well. And then, of course, uh, we have uh, from MoGunlaw.com, Dale Roberts. Good morning, sir.
1: Good morning. You've got the uh, A-team today. I'm sorry? You have the A-team today. (laughs) Yes, I do. And you know what else today is? Uh, Chuck, do you know what day it is? He's- Today
2: is Earth Day, my favorite day of the
0: year. I know that because I have testimony um, of you on uh, the floor of the house uh, from Earth Day. <coughs> I just figured- oh, thing Mr. Speaker,
2: um, just wanted to remind bodies that tomorrow is Earth Day. And I know that is a very important uh, holiday and a day for me. And... Uh, I just want to remind everybody that uh, we need to honor and keep our Mother Earth clean, because after all, we do not live on your ownness. Thank you, Mr.
0: Speaker. <laughs> <laughs> no. Nobody will ever say you, you lack testicular fortitude. If oh, boy.
1: If it's set on the floor of the Missouri House of Representatives, <laughs> it's official and newsworthy. Clearly.
0: <laughs> Good Lord. Um, all right, listen, we've got... Uh, the best gun safes for your car. That'll be, we'll be chatting about that. It's a piece that was written at guntactical.com. And we'll go over some of those. But Dr. John Lott, who's been a guest on the show repeatedly, was down in Texas testifying on some legislation that was pending. They They, they wanted to limit the age of people who could buy a rifle. And how to protect schools. And wait till you hear. It starts off okay. But toward the end of this, it gets to a discussion with an anti-gunner who literally doesn't want to know the truth. He, he, he literally doesn't want to know. And when it, when you hear these interrogatories uh, and the attacks on John Lott and, and, and their unwillingness to let him respond... I think what's going to happen as you're listening is you're going to be screaming at the radio. Because as I watched this, I, it was like, uh, gee, I'd like to slap this guy. He is an idiot. Uh, but anyway, I'm going to play this. Uh, we'll stop it periodically and chat about it. But this is what was uh, going on in Texas with Dr. John Lott.
3: Thanks. Uh, my name is John Lott. I'm president of the Crime Prevention Research Center. I've been uh, senior advisor for research and statistics at the U.S. Department of Justice and held many other positions Everybody wants to try to figure out a way to try to stop these attacks. But I want to try to do something that's going to actually work. What you find, and I've read I don't know how many diaries and manifestos from these mass murderers, is that they want to get media attention. And they know the more people they kill, the more media attention that they're going to get. And so time after time after time, they explicitly write statements saying that they're trying to pick places where they know victims can't go and defend themselves. You take the Nashville school shooting that just occurred. One of the things that the Nashville police chief noted after reading the manifesto from that killer was that the killer actually had another target that they were going after. It was only when they found out that there was armed security there that they moved on to another target. You look at the Louisville Bank attack. Again, it occurred in a gun-free zone where the killer obviously being an employee knew that when he attacked before bank hours he was going to be able to attack there without having to worry about people being able to go and stop him. You see this the Buffalo mass murderer last year in his manifesto it gets no national news attention the media refuses to go and report these parts of these manifestos explicitly spends a great deal of time like many of these guys do explaining why he picked the target that he did. And his number one reason, he wanted to go to a place where he didn't believe victims would be able to go and defend themselves with permanent concealed handguns. So these guys may be crazy in some sense, but they're not stupid. They explicitly pick targets where they know victims can't defend themselves. Six months is a short amount of time for these individuals to go and plan these attacks. Many of these attackers, such as the Sandy Hook killer, spent over two and a half years planning the attack. These guys are very difficult to go and stop from going yet. And just talking about one thing that I think is extremely important here, and that's armed teachers. We've looked at all school shootings in the United States from 2000 on, everything from an accidental discharge all the way up to a mass public shooting. And there has not been one single attack where anybody's been wounded or killed in any school that has armed teachers. There's thousands of schools in the United States with armed teachers. 20 states have armed teachers, okay? And it varies, and I'm happy to go through that in much more detail.
1: Members, any questions? I do. Yes, Representative DeRozio.
4: Mr. Lott, I appreciate you coming by and taking the time out of your busy schedule to testify. I'm in construction, and whenever we have a situation that we have to solve, we, we look at what's gonna be the best way to solve the problem. Uh, um, what can we do that'll work to stop public shootings and and this particular bill, why don't you think it will
3: work? Sure. Thank you. I appreciate that. I think we need to take these mass murders at their word, at least take it seriously, because If you go to our website at crimeresearch.org, we have statements from many manifestos and diaries from these killers where they explicitly explain why they picked the targets that they did. I don't understand why the news media doesn't find it newsworthy to go and quote from these parts of their discussions. Even in the Nashville one, you will not find any discussion in the New York Times, the Washington Post or anything else, even though you'll find the Nashville police chief reading from the manifesto and explaining to people why this person packed up, passed up another target. Their goal is to get media coverage. I'm not arguing you get rid of the first amendment. What I'm arguing is that you need to take that seriously and think of how you reduce their goal. And the way you do that is by making it so they can't kill as many people and having somebody there quickly with a gun or convincing them that somebody is there with a gun, rather than having a sign, in front of a school that says the school is a gun-free zone, have a sign in front of the school that says warning, select teachers and staff at this school have guns and will use them. And you can't just have a uniformed school resource officer there. Here's the problem. How many of you would have an air marshal in uniform? Why wouldn't you put an air marshal in uniform? Because you know if you put an air marshal in uniform there, he would be the first person that the terrorists on the plane, if there were terrorists, would try to take out. When you have a, a, a person in uniform, and he's the only person with a gun, you give huge tactical advantages for the people that are doing the attacks. They can either wait for the person in uniform to leave the area before they attack, or they can move on and pick some other target. or. Having that person's like a neon sign above them that says, shoot me first. Because once the killers take that person out, they have essentially free reign to go after other people that are there. You look at the types of discussions we've been having here this evening. People have been talking about banning certain types of guns. You know, AR-15s have been talked about a lot. AR-15s are functionally identical to small caliber hunting rifles firing the same bullets with the same rapidity, doing the same damage. We heard the sponsor here talk about his beliefs about the rates that these types of weapons are used in these attacks. If you look over the last 25 years, 14 percent of mass public shootings in the United States involve any type of rifle only. Over the last 10 years, 18 percent do. The vast majority of these things, over half, involve only handguns. And so the notion that you can go and stop people simply by eliminating one type of semi-automatic gun when there are multiple types out there simply doesn't make any sense. But the other thing you have to take into account is that people use these guns defensively. So if you ban guns, let's say rifles in this bill, that go and take take, uh, magazines you essentially mean the only type of gun people are going to be able to have is a manually loaded gun where you have to physically yourself chamber another bullet to be able to go and fire it that takes time if you are using a gun defensively and you have to fire multiple shots because you're facing multiple criminals or you fire and miss or you fire and wound but don't incapacitate the attacker you may not have the luxury of time there's research out there by thomas marvel in the Journal of Law and Economics that indicates that when age limits have increased, you actually see higher crime rates against those who are under the age limit there. You see increases in murders committed against those individuals, and you see increased rape rates. So you just can't focus only on one thing here. You have to look at the total lives that are going to be lost or caused here. There's no serious cost-benefit analysis that's occurring here. We see something bad and we want to go and change it, but we don't realize that there could be other bad things that could result from this. But if you're going to have one thing to do to stop this, you've got to get rid of gun-free zones. It's not just the statements from these people. 94% of the mass public shootings in the United States take place in areas where guns are banned. These guys want to get news coverage and they're going to get it by killing more people. I'll give you one last story just so you have an idea about this. You guys, look at the Sandy Hook killer. According to police, he had put together essentially a doctoral dissertation where he had looked at mass public shootings around the world over 40 years. He had graphed out the relationship between the number of people killed and the amount of news media coverage that he got. His goal, according to one police report, was to kill more people than the Norway killer who had shot to death 67 people, which is much worse than any mass public shooting in the United States, because he wanted to get more worldwide news attention than that person had got. By having a sign and convincing them that somebody's there to stop them, well, you see them say, if I can only kill more people than such and such did, I can get more media attention. You need somebody there quickly with a gun to stop them. Mr. Johnson. Uh, oh, Mr. No, Mr. Lott. Was okay,
4: again. Um, Go ahead. M- Mr. Lott, I have a couple more questions for you. Uh, from the committee here and, and from what some of the people said out there, the age 18, 19, and 20-year-olds keeps coming up. And 18, 19, and 20-year-olds commit homicides at relatively high rates. Right. And isn't that a good reason to ban people at those ages from possible guns.
0: We'll get back to his uh, response to that. Any argument with anything that John said in that testimony? No, he's right on the money. He, yeah. he, I mean, he nails it right down the line. Well, he's going to go on, give a little bit more testimony, and then he's going to end up face-to-face with an anti-gunner who, who won't He just—he doesn't want to know the truth. He literally doesn't want to know. And then they attack him. And that's when you'll be screaming at the radio. We'll get to that next on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Garson is in from Graffs, brought in some really neat firearms. And apparently um, Dale Roberts, who's also with us from MoGunlaw.com, he and I are going to be fighting over one of them. Uh, And then, uh, of course, Chuck Basie, former state representative, is on board with us as well. And if you just turned the radio on, Dr. John Lott was testifying before the Texas House Select Committee on Community Safety, uh, a piece of legislation uh, dealing with limiting access to rifles uh, and how to protect schools. And he's just been asked a question about uh, 18-, 19-, and 20-year-olds And, you know, whether it makes sense to prevent them from owning rifles.
3: Yeah, I know. I understand the argument. But the problem you have to take is what you're stopping is people who are going through background checks now from getting the guns. You're stopping people who are legally buying a gun. And so you can't just look at all 18, 19, 20-year-olds because it's exactly right. As a group, 18, 19, and 20-year-olds commit homicides at relatively high rates. But what you're stopping is a subset of those who can pass background checks. And those people tend to be very law abiding. We have data on concealed carry permits and revocation rates for 18, 19, 20, including 21 and 22 year olds. And we have it for Texas, uh, and we have it for Michigan, and we have it for Nevada. And what you find is that, first of all, permit holders as a whole are extremely law abiding, Uh, they lose their permits for any firearms related crime at one twelfth the rate that police officers do but those who are actually under 21 actually are slightly less likely even than the average permit holder to go and lose it and so that's the comparison because you're just not these other 18 19 year olds 90% of murderers have a violent criminal history and are already illegal for them to own a gun so they're not the ones you're stopping by going and having this law that you're passing. The law you're passing are stopping the ones who can currently pass a background check, and those are much more law-abiding than these other individuals that are there.
4: Okay, also this evening, some several people brought out about that uh, Supreme Court Bruin decision, and and it said something about implying for raising the age to own guns to 21. What was that about?
3: Right. Well, I mean, as has been pointed out, there's been a diversity in the courts in terms of uh, the rulings on this. But uh, the Eleventh Circuit, they essentially relied on some work done by Duke Law School, and it turns out that they misinterpreted their their readings of some of the laws. So here's what the Bruin decision said: The Bruin decision said, "You first look at the Second Amendment. If that's not clear, you go and look at the legislative debate that occurred. If that's not." then you look to see what laws were in effect in either 1791 when the second amendment was adopted or uh, in 1868 when the 14th amendment which applied the second amendment to the states was ratified in the 1790s all the colonies had rules mandated mandating that people had to own guns you had connecticut for example um, males between 16 and 42 were mandated to own a rifle. In Connecticut, it was males 17 to 42. In Pennsylvania, it was 17 to 42. In fact, many states had those laws for over 100 years. By 1897, Connecticut still had a law in the books that mandated that people between the ages of 18 and 42 were required to own a rifle. There's no state During any of those years, any of those periods of times that comes close to actually saying they couldn't own a gun at those ages, all the ones were the opposite. And so if you follow what the Bruin decision says, I think it's going to be very difficult to go when it finally gets to the Supreme Court and some of the evidence that the 11th Circuit was based on uh, is going to be able to hold up. But look. I don't usually argue these things on, uh, on rights type things. To me, the issue is what makes people safer. And you have an unbelievably horrible thing that happens here, but you also have horrible things that are avoided by people being able to go and use guns defensively. If you look at something like the Marvel, book, uh, Marvel uh, Journal paper, I think you'll find that these laws unintentionally, despite the best intentions, actually can result in more deaths.
4: Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. Lott. I appreciate your time and your testimony.
3: Thank Mr. you, Johnson. Mr.
5: Ross, um, what?
0: I'm sorry. Lott. All right. So we're going to encounter the first bump here in this uh, uh, dissertation. Uh, and if you just turn the radio on once again, this is John Lott in front of the, the uh, Texas House Select Committee on Community Safety. And when you guys hear this guy, uh, and his questions to John Lott. I'm telling you, you're going to be screaming uh, at, the, uh, at the radio. Uh, it's just that frustrating. Brian, how much time do I have before I have to take a break here? 90 seconds. That's going to be uh, a little too short. We'll do this. Uh, we'll go back to it after the break. Um, let me just uh, go to Chuck, Mr. Earth Day, are you aware of any legislation? I recognize that you're not still in the, in the house, but are you aware of any legislation uh, on uh, age restrictions for rifles in Missouri? I believe uh, one of the Columbia
2: Democrats filed something uh, early on. Uh, David Tyson Smith, uh, rep from Columbia here, but I don't think it's going anywhere. Um, but that that's the only one I'm aware of. Dale might. He, I, I know he still follows stuff, but I, I haven't seen anything
1: else. Dale, have you seen anything? Chuck is correct. David Tyson Smith filed a bill to restrict uh, gun sales for anyone under the age of 21 to nothing but a single shot firearm.
0: Yeah. Um, well, you know, in, in a state that passed the Second Amendment Preservation Act, I don't think that's going to go very far. Uh, but where do we stand on that, by the way? Is, it,
1: uh, is there any movement on uh, SEPA? Uh no, the lawyers are going through the motions, literally and figuratively. All right. When we come back, this is the part that's going to make you crazy. I'm
0: not kidding. I was screaming. I wanted. To, I literally wanted to smack this guy. John Lott's testimony in Texas coming up on Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. It's... Uh- Gary on guns and Garson is in from graphs. He's brought in some neat firearms. We're going to go over those in uh, the show and tell segment of the program just a little later on. Chuck Basie, Second Amendment supporter, former state legislator. He is in with us as is our uh, resident legal uh, uh, gun guy. Uh, and and his website is MoGunlaws.com, Dale Roberts. We're about to go into this uh, testimony that John Lott gives in front of the Texas House Select Committee and this is where it gets really frustrating. And I'm telling you, you guys are going to be screaming. This is insulting. It's so irritating. Um, Here it is uh, where he goes up against an anti-gunner who just doesn't want the truth. Lott. Oh,
5: Mr. Lott. Where did I get Ross from? I have no idea. Okay, uh, I'm sorry. Anyway, what country has the most guns? Possesses the most guns?
3: Possesses the most guns? Yes. I'd say either per capita? I'd say
5: either... I didn't say per capita. Most guns. How many guns are in the United States of America? Oh, well, we don't know exactly. It's you are you are crime prevention research? Right. So but research would tell you sir, simply on a Google per, research that there are 393 million guns in the uh, in United States of America.
3: Sir, okay, I try- was trying to answer your question. We don't know exactly. We have guesses. And the reason why we don't know is we have to make estimates about the rates that guns depreciate in order to try to figure that out. Because unlike other countries where you have to have it registered. but You know why we have to
5: guess? Two because we, you people like you don't want us to know. So at the yeah, end of the day, I
3: don't know what you people mean. At the end of the look, day, people who
5: advocate against having regulations on guns. Okay. So again, my question is, on if, country, basis, if America has a simple Google research, can come up with 393 million guns in the United States, who leads the world in gun deaths? Not per capita, but simply we're, by...
3: We're below uh, the average in the world in, in gun deaths per capita, per, and we're also... I'm going per capita. Look, are you going to compare the number of deaths in Wyoming versus Texas, the total? No, you're going to go and look at the per capita rates.
0: No, I'm not. Is
3: is this making you crazy?
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, what Lott is saying is you can't compare a population of 100 to a population of 1,000. You've got to have it per capita. And this guy doesn't want per capita because it shoots his argument down. Is this guy related to Hank Johnson? You know, I was thinking that as it was playing. <laughs> I was the island tipping over. Are you going to capsize Guam? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I'm listening to this and I'm screaming, let him finish, you idiot. And he he just, he doesn't want to know. It goes on. And then there's going to be an attack, a, a, literally uh, ad hominem, against John Lott. And they... They won't let him respond. It's, it's crazy making. Yes.
3: I, well, every news tell me report is going to do that. <laughs> Nobody's going to just go and not adjust for the population. We have 300 over 330 million people in the United States. But if you look at a per capita rate, Switzerland and Israel have higher per capita gun owners possession rates than we have here in the United States. India has a
5: billion people. How many people die of guns over there?
3: I don't know off the top of my head for one country. But I'm telling you, if you look across all countries, the United Ross, States what, is below the mean and we're below the median. in term, More than half the countries in the world have higher homicide rates than we have here in the United States.
5: Mr. John Lott, you, you were saying that gun-free zones... Don't work. You were saying more Our guns. For you're saying more guns work to protect. <coughs> there were 77 police officers standing outside of Rob Elementary, and yet none of those guns stopped the one gunman who had a gun that killed all those children. So, what is your answer to 77? Was it 77 officers? 176. 376
3: officers. Right. So here's the difference. So none of them stopped that one gunman. Right. So here's the difference. It's a, it's a lot different for somebody to run into gunfire than it is if I'm a teacher and somebody's coming at me. But the big thing is there has never been an attack, an attack where anybody's been wounded or killed at any school that has an armed teacher. The thing is you can avoid these attacks from even occurring to begin with by putting up a sign that warns these attackers that somebody will be there in order to stop them. You know, even if, even if it's just something they fear that's there. You see the Nashville shooter. Why did the Nashville shooter not pick their first target?
5: My question was in respect to your testimony is that more guns protect. I'm simply asking you, why didn't 300 officers stop one gunman <coughs> based on what you're saying? And I'm just trying to figure it out. And
0: so, how how does he not understand the difference here? How does he not understand that you're in the classroom, guy comes in with a gun, you've got a gun, you've got a chance at stopping the attack, versus there's somebody somewhere, we don't know exactly where or who's in danger, uh, and on top of that, those cops in Uvalde didn't, they didn't move with alacrity at all, and they could have, and certainly could have shortened, uh, you know, uh, reduced the number of fatalities, is this making you guys crazy too?
1: <clears throat> it, it is oh, very much so. It is for me. And my father used to say about things like this: "Don't confuse me with facts. My mind's already made up." And I think that applies to these people. You know, based on this guy's argument, then the police shouldn't have bothered to show up okay. because. Gary, Gary I,
2: I, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you. go ahead. Uh, I experienced this many times, on just on the subject of guns, but other things. That a lot of the times the Democrats, um, they don't really care what the answer is. They're trying to make a political point, And I, I considered it campaigning on the floor or in a committee because they would use those sound bites to affect their their careers. And um, I, I believe me, I experienced it many times. And it's clear this guy didn't care what Dr. Lott thought in this instance. He just wanted to uh, make a statement and make a name for himself. And that's what the media picks up on all the time. They'll—I bet—they turned that guy into a hero down in the Texas media.
0: But, but do you see the flaw in his logic right, when he complains absolutely. about the police showing yeah. up and it didn't stop the
1: guy right away? Yeah. Well, then, well, gee, then in that case—why bother with the police? And he chooses Uvaldi, you know, the the one extraordinary exception. Um Yeah, it doesn't
0: matter how many guns are outside, if nobody's gonna go in and use them, they're they're not helpful. But if you're in the classroom and somebody comes in with a gun, you you can hide, but that isn't gonna save you. Well, and the veiled
2: threat of an armed uh defense of any facility is going to reduce the number of attacks from the beginning. That, that's, I think that's the main thing that people want to overlook, is that just, just the threat of that being a possibility is going to reduce this substantially.
0: Yeah, and this guy does not want to hear it. He goes on. When you're giving these statistics and these facts, I just want to make
5: sure
3: okay, that well, we're I'll giving explain. statistics it's, If facts. I'm a teacher there, no, no, if no, no. somebody's running no, no. into the sure, building. But I'm asking for is facts, and not I'm, opinions. Well, you're just, you're. Look, I'm asking facts. You're asking for an explanation. I'm no, trying no. to provide you an explanation.
5: You're saying, at the end of the day, facts. I'm asking. Right. Officers have guns versus one individual with a gun. You're asking for an
3: explanation, they sir. They did not go I'll in. give you an explanation. You want the explanation?
5: Here's no, the I explanation. Don't. No, I don't. I know you don't I'm, I'm fine. But, Thank you. No. I, at the end of the day,
3: no, my, my, my no, question The point was, is, if you have somebody uh, sir, there, the sir. teacher can't. Representative Bob. The teacher has a gun.
6: Excuse me, sir. I've been recognized. Um, I want your explanation.
3: No,
0: she doesn't. But was that, again, he just he doesn't want to know i think dale's father's quote don't confuse me with facts is exactly what we just witnessed but they're not done oh nay nay perlene they got more
6: so vice chair johnson asked you so go ahead and finish your explanation a teacher does what
3: if i'm in the room there and somebody's coming in i can try to hide behind the desk but that's not going to save me the teacher has no option other than to try to defend themselves Are you going to give them the tool? Are you going to give them the chance that they're going to be able to do it? A police officer, we're all human, okay? Police officers outside, I understand. We're paying them to go and do it, such as the Nashville police did when they ran in right afterwards, and as happened at other places. Though even in Nashville, it took them 14 minutes to show up on the scene, even though they ran in as soon as they got there. But it's much harder. People are human, and whether it's Parkland, or whether it's Uvalde, people have fear of running in there. But if I have no place to run, somebody's coming in at (gasps) me.
6: Sir, I, I, um, again, with all due respect, I have been a teacher of record in a classroom with a gun on the other side of the door, with children in the classroom. And you're exactly right. As the teacher, you're going to defend those children before you defend yourself. Just like they say on the airplane, put the mask on your child before you put it on yourself. So the teacher is going put it on yourself before you put it on your child. But, sir, you are going to defend those children.
3: Right. They're going to defend themselves, too. Their life, their
6: own life is. They they are frightened. They are frightened.
3: I know. But look, let me. The chair
5: advises our guests that the rules of the house strictly prohibit demonstrations or outbursts from visitors in the audience. Uh, I have a comment. okay, but yeah. were you done uh, first I, I,
6: I really don't know because you you didn't finish your explanation, but your explanation sounds like it has a lot of holes in it
0: and it's going to get worse. You'll be screaming even loudler. Loudler? louder, louder, <laughs> louder Un momento. Gary on Guns. Hey, welcome. Glad to have you with us. Graffs is, uh, well, Garson is from Graffs, and he's brought in some firearms, uh, including uh, one that uh, apparently Dale Roberts and I are going to have to arm wrestle over. Uh, Dale, of course, MoGunLaw.com, and Chuck Basie, former state representative and Second Amendment supporter. Coming up uh, after show and tell, uh, there is an article at GunAndTactical.com, Best Car Gun Safes for Pistols and Rifles. Uh, anybody who's ever had to go into the post office that's a concealed carry permit holder knows that on your way in, you got to figure out what the hell to do with your gun. And there are some suggestions here you may want to hear. In the meantime, if you just turn the radio on, Dr. John Lott, uh, crimeresearch.org, and the author of More Guns, Less Crime, has been testifying in front of the Texas House Select Committee on Community Safety. And he's run into a couple of anti-gunners who simply don't want to know the truth but now you're going to get an ad hominem attack and I'm telling you this was this was was so crazy-making against John Lott
6: it really does
0: okay
6: you can go ahead yeah thank you Um,
7: I really don't have a question I have a comment because I think we've given you all the airtime we need to Um, I have been reading that your claims have been refuted that you've committed a host of ethical violations. Your research is riddled with numerous flaws and inaccuracies. That you fabricated an entire survey on defensive gun use. So I, I think that you've had the time that you need for tonight. Thank you. Representative Trucks.
4: Representative Durazio. Representative You need to give him a right to defend himself against a comment like that. Uh,
1: Do you have a question? Well, no. Go uh, oh, ahead. Yeah. Representative
7: I, I just would encourage all of us to treat each other with respect he i um as we all have as we all have done up into this hearing so far uh mr lott is one of the foremost experts in the country in preventing gun violence we are all on the same page of trying to ensure that this never happens again And he is bringing you well-documented evidence, studies, and reports. Excuse me. I have the floor. I have the floor. He He is bringing you evidence, documents, and a lifetime of information and research on how to make sure that another child does not die of gun violence. And he is being treated with absolute disrespect. And we all, we, if we are going to save kids, we have to be able to have these conversations and we have to be able to listen to people who are offering information, well-researched information on how to do this. And I, I encourage the committee to take a moment to listen to what he has to say, because he is offering you a solution to this problem that may or may not work in tangent with the specific bill. But there is not just one answer to this problem. This is a, a, this is a nationwide epidemic that has many different causes and many different solutions. We are focused on this one bill right here today, and we have to- heard testimony focused specifically on raising the age. But I, for one, as a mother of three young children who absolutely, um, with a with family who is from Uvalde and still lives in Uvalde, I want to make sure that not another child is ever murdered. And he is bringing us another solution to make sure that that happens. And I have to insist that he is treated with respect and dignity in this committee.
5: That's your Johnson. Yeah. Um, go ahead. Go ahead. Vicky. you were saying something? Okay. At the end of the day, um, I think everybody has opinions and thoughts now, with all due respect to whoever people think that is being disrespected families are here and we're asked to be
0: heard but he doesn't want john lot to respond to the attacks and john never does get that chance they cut him off and they send him packing so the anti-gunners don't want to know the truth They want to throw out ad hominem attacks. They they don't want to hear anything other than what they believe, and they'll deny facts until hell won't have it.
2: Well, and I don't think it's that they don't want to hear the facts. Is they don't want all the other sheeple there to hear the facts, because then that's going to force their hand to do the right thing. So, and there's another intent there too. They don't want uh, somebody like John Walt, uh, John coming back in. Yeah, John Ross coming back in front of them again. So they want to discourage anybody that thinks like Dr. Lott to come in there uh, and face what he faced in that, that hearing. Uh, so that, that they, they, just, they just want to destroy people and not let them talk. And uh, so they're against the First Amendment, in my opinion.
1: I was going to say the same thing. And I have asked people on Second Amendment, you know, firearms-related bills here in Missouri, you know who are knowledgeable people? Would you you know come down to Jefferson City and testify? Oh man, no, I mean, because of what we just heard, people who should feel free and safe to do so will not testify at the capitol it's the same thing that happens to good people who won't run for office this This woman waits until the very
0: end to attack his credibility and then. You know, walks away doesn't doesn't let him respond. Uh, now this this last legislator, she tried to uh, stand up for him, but he could have exposed. And I've seen his. In, you know, I've seen the people who attacked his statistics, and he points out where they're from, what they do, how they're wrong. But he doesn't get that chance. They just want to leave that bad taste in everybody's mouth. He's a phony. He's a liar. Uh, there are other people who have uh, you know declared this. And leave it at that. Uh, it, it's no wonder these people don't get it, and it's no wonder these kids are in danger in schools where the uh, the teachers aren't allowed to carry. And his his statement is exactly the same one that I've always had: put a sign out in front and let them know when they drive up the driveway. There are people in here that are armed, and they're going to stop you. Best deterrent there is. I thought I'd heard that somewhere before. It did sound familiar, didn't it? Uh, we've all encountered this where we go someplace like a federal building or post office or something, and they tell you you can't carry your gun. So you got to leave it in the car or you have to go unarmed and be vulnerable. But there are some gun safes that are worth considering if for your car and gun and tactical has a list of them. And we got show and tell from graphs all coming up.